A brand new champion was crowned on last night's AEW Dynamite. Ricky Starks became one of only a select few people to ever hold the FTW Championship, a title that went unrecognized years ago in ECW and then again now in AEW. It appears that the machine Brian Cage may be going on a face run. I'm Ryan Joy and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about the FTW Championship, from the early days of Taz claiming to be the real world's champion, to today's Ricky Starks. We also have headlines from the last 24 hours, John DeCani is in the house, I'm squashing rumors, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for July 15, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, John, welcome to the show. New FTW champion. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Welcome. And I, I got to tell you, absolutely love the graphic with you with the towel over your head. <laughs> love the Taz pose. The belt we're talking about here, synonymous with the man himself, Taz. He brought it back last year uh, at Fighter Fest, actually, when uh, Brian Cage debuted the FTW championship July 2nd, 2020. Cage held the belt for a little more than a year, and then he dropped it to Ricky Starks in a rare FTW championship title change. Yes, yes. You know, that, that belt goes all the way back to 1998. You got to picture it. It's 1998. The whole ECW crew has just gotten shiny new belts, but the world champion, the franchise Shane Douglas, he's injured. Now, he's already been ducking Taz before he got injured. But then he messed up his elbow. He's going to be out for a couple of months. But Paul Heyman's no dummy. He knows the man who beats the franchise is the next made star. So they're not pulling that belt off of him. So they keep Douglas active on the show. He does a little sit-in with Joey Styles, does some commentary. And Taz, who's the man who Shane is primarily ducking before, during, and after the injury, he's fed up. He goes backstage. As I said, everybody's got brand new belts. So he finds RVD's old ECW television title. He has it put on some shiny orange leather and literally gets stickers, orange stickers with the letters FTW in black, puts them over the word television on the main plate and over the ECW logos on the side plates and claims, uh, declares himself the FTW champion because he can't get a title shot. That's fine. I'm the real world champion. Here's my title, and away we go. He defends it a couple of times. Was Taz already an over guy? Like he was, we already knew he was going to be champion at this point, or was like this FTW championship the thing that really got him over with the crowd? He, his, uh, he was already over. Definitely, maybe more in his own mind. There's, if you watch some of those ECW reunion videos and whatnot, a lot of the guys backstage bust Taz balls. Because there's guys five foot eight who thinks he's Andre the Giant, but <laughs> he was definitely over with the crowd, and that's really what you needed in ECW. And he he was over from the November to remember '96 when the lights went out and Sabu showed up because the Taz had been choking out Paulie because he was demanding to finally have that match with uh, Sabu that would eventually come at Barely Legal, the first pay per view and whatnot. So he was already over by then. But now it was yeah, it was pretty much inevitable that he was going to be the next champ it was just a matter of when shane was going to get healthy gotcha so taz how taz introduces the belt may 14th 1998 something happens though in december 
Yes. So by December, he has his title shot coming up. Finally, it's booked. He's going to fight Shane in January. So he fights Sabu. Actually, it's a triple threat. It's Taz, Sabu, and Justin Credible. Uh, Justin Credible gets, you know, knocked to the floor at some point. It's, it's Taz and Sabu, which was basically what everyone came to see anyway. He chokes Sabu out, pulls him on top of himself, allows himself to be pinned, and Tabu becomes the FTW champion. Uh, he proudly defends that belt. But because it is the new version of the belt that uh, Fonzie had made, I, I think it was some kind of, if I remember correctly, some kind of storyline where they wanted Taz to work with RVD for a minute. And the way they convinced him was Fonzie presented him with this new black FTW title, black and orange. And it has Taz's name prominently on the main plate. Sabu legitimately hated that so much that he would carry that title around. He would defend it. But in Sabu fashion, Sabu tore his rotator cuff. What Sabu do? He puts a four-inch piece of white tape on his shoulder to let you know his shoulder's injured. Sabu breaks <laughs> his jaw. What does he do? He puts a chin strap of white tape on his jaw to let you know his jaw is injured. Sabu took six inches of white tape, put it right over Taz's name, and markered in Sabu on the belt and carries it around and defends it until after Taz beats Shane Douglas. He's the new ECW champion. And coming down the line, it's inevitable. Taz and Sabu are going to lock up again. They would. That would happen in March, I believe. March of 99 at uh, Living Dangerously. Once again, Sabu gets choked out, this time unifying the titles once again. So now Taz has both belts and the FTW championship disappears does it ever reappear in that whole space between 1999 and 2020 or is that the is that it okay no one ever beats taz for the title that black taz title stays with taz forever and a day until he presents it to cage in 2020 however ecw alum taz dojo graduate and taz's cousin chris chetty would show up somewhere in NWA Midwest, uh, some Midwestern independent promotion in 2002 with the orange FTW. He would declare himself the FTW champion. He would go on to defend it. Now, this may be familiar to you, or you may have actually seen some of this. He would go on to defend it in Maryland Championship Wrestling, gotcha. where he would eventually lose it to another ECW graduate alumni, Danny Doring. Doring would beat him and a third wrestler whose name I don't remember. He would unify the Maryland Championship Wrestling heavyweight title, another independent title that Doring had already had, and Chetty's FTW title. They unify. The orange FTW title goes away. Neither are seen again until 2020 Fighter Fest Night 2 when Taz declares Brian Cage as the FTW champion. Do you know what year all that was happening in? That you were just talking uh, about? That was 0203. It was November 02 that uh, Chetty showed up with the belt, and it was, I think, July 03 where he lost it to Dory. That is fascinating. Fascinating. I'm going to have to go look in the MCW archives to, to check this out because that's pretty – I was way before I lived in Maryland, but it is very fun to see this thing come full circle. And, of course, Maryland Championship Wrestling and ECW, I don't want to say they were tied at the – they were tied together, but there's definitely some cross-pollination – uh, sure. there that you can see and you can you can definitely 
see the impact of an ECW on that promotion. So, so then Brian Cage, he's there. He's our next guy in 2020. What's funny to me is that, of course, the FTW Championship, it's Taz's belt, right? This is the Taz thing. It was around for less than a year, right? It went from right. May 14 to March 21, 98 to 99. Brian Cage held the belt longer than it existed originally. Brian yes. Cage held the belt from July 2nd to July 14th. So he's the longest reigning FTW champion there's ever been. Who knows what Ricky Starks will do with the belt, but it's fun, I guess, to that little factoid of Brian Cage has actually done more with the championship belt or ha- held it longer anyway than Taz did. But Love Absolutely. So it was it's fun. If Taz brings it in, he's the real world champion. A la earlier, a few years earlier, Ric Flair was the real right. world's champion. A lot of that stuff going around in the you know <laughs> 80s and 90s, the real world's champion stuff. But certainly Taz has uh, marked himself a legacy with this belt. And it's like the million dollar championship in that way that like people see the belt and it elicits an emotion from them. Yeah. So a uh, good legacy for Taz. Yeah, yeah. Never truly recognized. But if you're a fan of the man, you're a fan of the title, and it's, it's got a special place in your heart. All right. With that being said, we have a whole bunch of rumors that John has dug up that I'm going to give us the status on. I'm going to let you know whether they're fact, they're fiction, they're somewheres in between. Maybe they'll come true. Maybe they won't. We'll do that right after the break. Stick with us. We'll be back in about a minute and a half. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. And, of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. All right, well, we're back, and it's rumor time. we got a bunch of stuff to get into, John, and I'm going to turn the floor over to you. You have curated all the rumors from the week into a list here for me to talk about, so let's kick it off. Yes, uh, right off the bat, let's borrow from uh, the ESPN show, uh, pardon the interruption, play a little uh, version of big deal, little deal, or no deal at all. The WWE draft plans have changed. Is this some kind of big deal? I don't think so because we were having, we really didn't know anything much to begin with. It kind of felt always felt like SummerSlam was 
the logical like endpoint to storylines and that you might do a draft right after that. Andrew Zarian of Mattman Podcast reported that it was probably going to be October, early October 4th, October 8th, something like that, one of those shows. So there really hasn't been any additional information on that. We just all assume that it's coming. So he's got that tip. Plans could change at any moment. And that's the funny thing with WWE is that if they decide, oh, you know what, it would be great this week, let's do the draft, they'll do the draft. Like they're not going to wait for anything. I do want to mention though, it's just an observation on my part that the September 10th edition of SmackDown is a super SmackDown edition, and it's with red and blue branding. That can be seen right on WWE's website, and it's it's no indication that there's a draft that day. That hasn't been reported by anyone, but it does feel like both rosters would be involved since there's the red and blue branding, and it's called Super SmackDown. So we'll see. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, next up. Miriam and Shane Thorne. Name changes coming? Well, that would be the name that they changed to. Miriam and Shane Thorne, that's Reckoning and Slapjack. Mike Johnson from PW Insider reported that the logic right now is that, yes, they would switch back to their original names, Miriam and Shane Thorne. However, nothing's been announced at this point, and even Mike Johnson himself tempered his confidence in that statement, saying that that could change. But right now they're still Reckoning and Slapjack on the WWE roster. So until we see that update, we don't really know. But that's a that's the idea that's being floated right now. Good. Hopefully, as you say, if we say uh, rest in peace to Slapjack and Reckoning, hopefully they go back to their original names and they don't take a third stab at naming them, considering yeah. what they came up with for you know version two. <laughs> All right, next item: Cash's Ono, aka Chris Hero, was seen backstage at Ring of Honor's Best in the World. Yeah, John Pollock of Post Wrestling originally made this report. He was, in fact, there. It's been confirmed by every news source out there. The one thing we don't know, though, is whether it's a full-time role or a one-time deal. It's home for him. And I think they did go on record, Ring of Honor went on record saying it's always home for Chris Hero. So Good good to see him. There's a guy that he's got a nice history in the business. And even though it didn't necessarily work out in WWE, He's got some place to go back to where he'll be appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next item up, J- Jimmy Uso. We know got himself in a little bit of trouble a week or so ago. Is he going to pretty much skate just because he's part of a storyline that's just too damn big to blow it up by pushing him? <laughs> it's it's an interesting story here because – Obviously, he committed his crime. He got a third DUI. He wasn't suspended or fined. It doesn't appear at this point. But the reality is nobody knows what's happening behind closed doors. We don't know if they're working on some sort of plan where finish this story and then you're going to go. He is critical to whatever they have planned for Roman Reigns at the moment. So who knows? It might be a situation where they finish out the story and then he has to pay his pay for his crime. They may release him tomorrow. We never know. But uh, there has been a lot of talk about him potentially just getting away with, with it and not getting punished by WWE. It's a bad look for WWE. I'm sure they'll do something, but it doesn't appear that it's going to be transparent to us at the moment. Okay. Next item. Paul Heyman. Fired? Question mark? <laughs> It's the talking smack roll. It comes from Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer newsletter. He mentioned that Paul Heyman was removed and Pat McAfee was inserted in the in the talking smack show. And 
he said that there's that's a permanent change and there's no reason not to believe that it's been two weeks in a row with pat mcafee in that spot and no real reason given pat mcafee he's a heck of a talent and so is paul Heyman. and i don't think they're moving paul Heyman out of his roman reigns spot anytime soon so certainly not yeah I mean, if there's one thing paul Heyman can do it's talk so it would be odd to remove him from a job where all he's doing is talking but mcafee <laughs> has uh mcafee's really impressed in his short stay already on uh, smackdown so good for him the other thing that's hard with talking smack is that they're obviously going to have to do some sort of change to the way they record it or distribute it once they go back on the road i guess fox does not want that show to come out before the west coast views the show uh smackdown so they can't i think that's why they've been distributing it on saturdays at the moment but uh, so there will be some sort of taping change to that show in any event gotcha Okay. Tell me about what you know about the impact zone, possibly moving, leaving, where are they, Nashville right now? So what's the deal? It's funny. This came from a throwaway line in uh, the Wrestling Observer newsletter. There's a whole huge paragraph talking about Moose and his signing his new contract and comments that he made. Right at the end of the paragraph, Dave Meltzer writes that impact is looking at moving to Las Vegas later this summer to have live crowds. So <laughs> that's what everybody picked up. It's like I said, it's a like throwaway line. And the, the, I always mention that words matter. Impact is looking to move. That really means that there's nothing in place at the moment. Like they could also be looking to move anywhere that'll let them. Or do another three months stay down in Mexico, perhaps. So you never know. Okay. This one's kind of big. What do you know? I, I, you may have already touched on this. Things are blurring in my head recently. So much wrestling. John Cena not necessarily a lot for SummerSlam anymore. So the Argyle show that he's starting production on, that that came up recently and a lot of people were worried that might impact his SummerSlam activities. Dave Meltzer said absolutely not. He's confirmed with the company that John Cena is a lock. He's going to be in. Also, Fightful reported that his return to WWE programming is imminent within the next 10 days and they're specifically looking at the 723 SmackDown for that. So the show that he is going to be working on should not have any impact on whatever they have planned for John Cena in the near future SummerSlam picture. Okay. All right. This, to me personally, is a good news, bad news situation, this next one. Vince McMahon, the good news, is super impressed with Piper Evan. And he's also loving the Eva Marie storyline, too. <laughs> Who's Piper Evan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Dewdrop. Oh, Dewdrop. That's what you're talking about. So that comment came from Mike Johnson from PW Insider. It was on the We Don't Need No Stinking Name show. That's like their chat show they do once a week where they just kind of, it's like two hours long and they just talk about whatever. It's him and Dave Shear, the owner of PW Insider. So he heard that Vince liked the end goal of the story and he liked what he saw from Piper Niven Dewdrop's facials early on. And with that, he said, oh, you'll probably see a whole lot more of them based on the fact that Vin, he heard that Vince liked that. So that's really all there is to it. Apparently, Vince might be enjoying what he's putting out there with Piper Niven and Eva Marie. So, but there's nothing really we can draw from that. Yeah. Okay. Good for Piper. And all right, I guess we've got to take Eva along with it. Okay. Are we getting another delay in the possible uh, Brock Lesnar return? Ooh. I have not heard anything on Brock Lesnar. I missed this one in the rundown. But Brock Lesnar, 
the, the most recent thing I've seen for, from him is that he has a ponytail now and he's cutting cows on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> so uh, I don't know because I have not heard anything about Brock Lesnar returning even. Um, aside from the fact that WWE says they're all hands on deck for SummerSlam, which would you would think might mean Brock Lesnar. I haven't heard anything about him. Okay. Uh, and lastly, and perhaps most entertainingly, Daniel Bryan. Is his AEW debut imminent? Nobody knows what Daniel Bryan is doing. <laughs> it's just one of those. He's like the most interesting character out there because WWE keeps bringing him up in the conversation about the Edge and Roman Reigns build, which makes sense because of the whole WrestleMania build. He was critical to that story, and it's critical to why Edge is challenging Roman now. So that makes sense that they're bringing up his name. It doesn't mean that they have done anything with him or they've signed him or re-signed him or anything like that. And then on the other side of the house, whoever has been talking with Daniel Bryan, if anybody's been talking with Daniel Bryan and has him under contract, it's super secret and nobody knows. It could be that Daniel Bryan runs out at SummerSlam. It could be that he's in the draft. It could be that he shows up at All Out. Who knows? Daniel Bryan is a mystery to everybody right now. All righty, sir. Sorted. <laughs> we have sorted through the BS. Well, we do have some headlines, and let's get to that portion of the show. All right. All right, Dynamite was a great show last night. There is some news coming out of that. Of course, we had Ricky Starks win the FTW Championship, which we talked about in length at the beginning of the show. But also, Hangman Page and The Dark Order – there's apparently going to be a big 10-man tag versus Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, and the Young Bucks. And if the Dark Order and Hangman win, they're going to get a world title champ championship match. That's Adam Page. And some pairing in the Dark Order will also get a tag title match against the Young Bucks. So no date announcement on this one. When they did run down all of next week's Fighter Fest, you thought that was going to be the big show. Maybe this will be Fight for the Fallen, which is the following week after Fighter Fest, two weeks from now. So that's an interesting step. That's a huge tag team elimination match, by the way. So it's Survivor Series style. So fun. Yeah. But more importantly, if they lose, okay, the Dark Order doesn't get their tag title shot, which right now they're not in line for anyway. But if they lose, Hangman loses his shot, or I guess goes to the back of the line once again for the world title. So is this how they... You know, delay beyond september and maybe it's funny in the sense that like we're all thinking now that hangman is the all-out opponent and they don't yeah. really have anybody else that they're building for the all-out opponent but we also all felt like hangman would be the logical person to be kenny omega but not in september nobody really felt nobody was really thinking september was the time for that match although it is the two-year anniversary of when hangman challenged chris jericho I shouldn't say challenge. He fought Chris Jericho to become the inaugural champion. So there's some symmetry to that story. But yeah, it's isn't that bizarre that they we don't know. I, this could go either way. Good luck picking that match. Yeah, yeah. I hope this one's not for points. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that they Dark Order and Hangman will win, and I think that's going to set up two matches at All Out. It'll be the Young Bucks versus Grayson. And it'll be Page versus Omega, I think. Unless John Silver is coming back and he's going to be, it's going to be him and Reynolds. So we'll see. 
But next week on Dynamite, we have Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose for the Women's Championship. We have Chris Jericho taking his first of five labors against Sean Spears. Sean Spears can use a chair in the match. Jericho cannot. Orange Cassidy versus The Blade. And John Moxley will defend the IWGP United States Championship on Dynamite for the second week in a row. This time, he'll be facing Lance Archer in a Texas death match. Moxley won the title from Lance Archer in a Texas death match that took place in Tokyo on January 4th, 2020. Over a year has gone by, and now in Texas, there will be a Texas death match where Lance Archer tries to regain his championship. That one's very intriguing because, once again, uh, as you always say in the rumors section, but it holds true for the uh, the weekly programming too, words matter. And mm-hmm. they go out of their way to tell you that this is Moxley's X amount of defense. He is now he now holds the record for the number of defenses yeah. of that title. Boy, it sounds next week would be a heck of a time to make the change now that he's broken the record. I don't know. And it's tough with Archer because how many more times can they keep beating this guy? Like he exactly. needs a W like really yeah. bad. So yeah, you could see this, you could see this being a change. It's, I don't think I'll ever pick against Moxley though, not in this situation. So we shall see. We shall see. The news was breaking right as this show was going on the air yesterday that NXT is going to get bumped for the Olympics. Now, yesterday, I think we reported that it was going to be definitely July 27th. Since then, also August 3rd is getting bumped. They're going to keep their time slot and they're going to move over to sci-fi for those two weeks. Now, there's also a lot of stuff going around and I'm actually seeing conflicting reports about what's being taped and what's going to be live for those shows. So I think uh, maybe that'll become more evident as we move forward and, and get closer to those days. But actually seeing conflicting reports on i'm seeing some people saying both those shows are going to be taped i'm seeing some people say that the 727 will be live and the 83 will be taped so we'll see as things get closer more importantly keep your eyes out for carrying cross versus the ecw zombie on sci-fi i know that's what john smith brought that up yesterday they knew they need since they're going to sci-fi they need to do an ECW crossover type of thing. Absolutely. Some kind of fallback. (laughs) Look to your history, guys. (laughs) Bring back Kelly. Let her dance. There you go. The Go Big Show. That's the game show that TNT or TBS put on with Cody Rhodes as one of the special guest hosts. Not the special guest host, one of the hosts. Uh, That got renewed for a second season, so Cody Rhodes will be busy wearing his white suit and getting kicked in the face by Aleister Black, but he'll also have this side job, side hustle to do. Does he dye his hair black again? He probably should. should, It would be nice if you had a white suit, black hair. That's kind of (laughs) confusing. And finally, John, Money in the Bank this weekend. What do we do about Money in the Bank this weekend? We've got people thinking it's going to be Drew McIntyre winning. We've got people thinking it's going to be Big E winning. Seth Rollins is in there. That's compelling. I think this is wide open. Yeah, okay. Ricochet winning would be great to possibly make a new star. Morrison winning. The guy always puts on good matches, so you could see that. Nakamura is the king. KO is always entertaining, but those four that you mentioned, or 
the three that you mentioned, and then one more. Drew, obviously, you can see him walking around with that. Big E makes a lot of sense. We've been saying for a long time he's one of the few people who you could see going for the world title. Rollins obviously has a history with that briefcase, and then the humor in Riddle possibly winning it and using it to try and go after the tag titles with Randy if we ever see Randy again. Yeah, the interesting thing about Ricochet, and I'll just bring this up briefly, last February 2020, Ricochet defeated somebody on his way to get a match against Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. That somebody was Bobby Lashley. So it's a different Bobby Lashley, and it's a different Ricochet at this point, but but just an interesting little factoid that maybe we give Ricochet a little hope. But it certainly would be a shock. Absolutely. The other news is Slammiversary this weekend. So the main event there is Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Championship. But we have Impact Wrestling on tonight. Falaba versus Willie Mack versus Doc Gallows versus Joe Doring. Ace Austin, Mad Men Fulton, Rohit Raju, and Shara versus Josh Alexander, Trey, Petey Williams, and Chris Bay. Havoc versus Tasha Steeles. Tennille and Caleb with the K versus Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. Moose versus Hernandez, Chris Saban versus Johnny Swinger on BTI. It's the go-home show for Slammiversary. Most of those matches are previews for Slammiversary this weekend. John, anything that's sticking out for you this weekend with Impact? I want to know if there's some storyline behind Saban versus Swinger. Who's a bigger fan of Swinger's Palace than Saban? How does this come about? You would be the expert. (laughs) I don't know. I have not (laughs) seen anything that would lead me to believe that that match is even warranted but there it is yeah i mean even you know i understand last week the tables were not open in swingers palace but saban was right there and he was like he said no i don't care i still love this place so i don't know we'll We'll see yes we will see all right slamversary this weekend money in the bank this weekend it's a huge weekend i just got a text message from tiffany nieves from ccw she is making her in-ring debut on August 7th, 2021 at Bash at the Brew. She's facing Layla Gray. This match has been building up over uh, some CCW stuff. So we will definitely have to get some Florida wrestling stuff on the show here to talk about Tiffany and her debut coming up. So with that, John, anything else that we left out? Big SmackDown title match tomorrow night, Bianca and Carmella. I don't think anyone believes that there's going to be a title switch there, but that would be, you know, the one significant thing that we hadn't covered. Other than that, I think we've hit it all. All right, then. For John, I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time.